Dr. John saying he was in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. Today, we'll look at the right man in the wrong place. Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard is coming up next. It's one thing to be in the right place at the wrong time, but it's another thing to be the right man in the wrong place. And that's where David finds himself here in 1 Samuel 27. Hi, welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, our pastor here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, continues with our series on the life of David. We find him in a bad place here in chapter 27 of 1 Samuel, making some unwise choices. Join us as we look at it together next. Here's Pastor Phil Howard. Rollo May said this about human beings. Man is the only animal that runs faster when he has lost his way. Man is the only human animal that runs faster once he's lost his way. You think if you go faster, even though you're misdirected, go faster, even though you're running into a wall. It's like the definition of a fanatic. He's a person who redoubles his effort once he loses sight of his goals. It's just, go faster, go faster. So David's just running out there. Let's do it. You don't know that this is right. What will it cost you? Number one, he has to pretend to be somebody he's not. And if you read back in a few chapters, this is the second time he's gone over to the Philistines. Uh, Back in chapter um, uh, 21, he goes over and he wants to be accepted of Agis. He's fleeing David again. And they're saying, isn't this the David that they sing about? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And David becomes afraid of the king. And so in verse 13, he pretends to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. And I love Agis. Look at the man. He is insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring this guy to me? I've got enough of them. Send him back. I'm trying to find some wisdom. But here, I think of the saliva running down his beard and I contrast it with the day the anointing oil ran down his beard. When he was in the land, God anointed him. He's got to pretend to be mad. He's going to have to pretend like I'm on the Philistine side. He's giving up his identity. When you go to the enemy country, and when you go behind lines, you'll have to act like something you really are not if you're truly God's child. Because behind enemy lines, you can't be singing the songs of Israel. You can't be talking about the God of Israel. They worship Dagon. They worship other gods. Don't be talking about Yahweh and Adonai. No, you'll get killed in a minute. You have to give up your God for the price of a little protection for 16 months. He goes quiet. Uh, He becomes a servant of a pagan king. Verse 5 of chapter 27. I will become your servant. I thought he'd been called to be God's servant. You can't serve two masters. But he uh, says, for the protection and for the safety, you've got me. And you know, I find out, hear me, 
I've seen people leave God and the first few months is like a bonanza for them. Everything's better. Because sin always pays good at the beginning. It feels good. It'll look good. Might taste good. It's just great. That apple tastes wonderful if that was the fruit. We've got insight we never had before. No wonder God didn't want us eating the tree. Read the next chapter. And Cain kills his brother. Where did he get that seed to kill? He got it from his mom and dad that turned into sinners. You only got to go four chapters in the Bible to see where people kill their own physical brothers. That's not very far in the story. But when man chooses to rebel against God, it brings death. And so David sells himself, I'll be a slave. Uh, he transfers his trust from God to a king and a little city wall, the city wall of Ziglag. Everything will be safe if I run with this king and everything will be fine now that I got my family in Ziglag. I've got the protection I need. I'm so glad I'm here in the enemy camp. The benefits are wonderful. But it won't take long. And he'll wonder what he's doing there. I've seen believers leave God's house, leave the will of God, go after the enemy's territory, hang out where the enemy hangs out. And it reminds me of a line Bob Dylan had in one of his old songs that went this way. What's a lady like you living in a dump like this? I found some of God's people. I go down and said, what are you living among hogs for? What are you running with a crowd that hates Christ? What are you doing running with a crowd that, uh, you know, we all got to work in a world that's not saved, but it's different than running with them for your fellowship and running with them for your protection. You, we are in the world, but we are not of it. I, I'm aware of that. So geographically, we're all thrown together in the present configuration of the church. But there's something inside of us. When you put, pick up that internet and they're advertising pornography, you can make a trip into enemy territory that you don't need to be in. You make the choice. You know what's behind enemy lines. More flesh. And if you pile flesh up a mile high, it's all going to rot. But to make a trip. You know you've been fighting alcohol all of your life. When are you going to quit going by the same bar or see if you've got the strength to pass it? Why don't you just admit you don't and drive two miles around it? You know you're a thief and a liar by your old habits. Stay away from the till. Stay away from the money. Stay away from the stuff in the business where you can steal. Stay away from it. Don't go into the enemy lines. I don't care what all the guys on the job say. Rip off the boss. He's not here. Why don't you say, I serve a different boss? Well, he becomes a deceiver and a liar in chapter 27 because he starts raiding in the south, in the Negev, and he keeps telling the king, I'm killing off folks, but he never tells them really who he's killing off. He's killing off the enemies of Israel, but Oagus, the one providing him protection, he, he thinks he's down there killing off the enemies of the Philistines. David at heart is an Israelite. He's fighting against the enemies of God down there, but he has to lie to the king and be duplicitous about his activity. When you run with the enemy, you'll have to learn to be a good liar and a good pretender because you've got to hide your identity. They won't want you around for long. 
if you really start talking about how you love God, you won't be welcome at the party. I remember when this church first started, so many uh, young people were coming off of drugs and uh, those kinds of sins. And, but uh, there was such a sincere naivety, they'd keep going to uh, drug parties, drug friends. They just accepted Jesus. And, and they just quit drugs. But what they would do when they went to the drug party and everybody's lighting up, they're telling them about Jesus is so wonderful and, and God is, he's done this. And, and I remember how they said, man, last night my buddies threatened to beat me up and throw me out and don't bring up Jesus again when we light up. You can only make it with the enemy if you're willing to go silent and pretend you don't really know this guy. They can sell everything from naked women to drugs that will kill you and do it on national TV, but they want us to shut up when we show up. Yeah. I was in San Francisco yesterday in a tough area picking up an amplifier that my dad bought me and bought it for my brother Paul, 1952. Anybody born then? And I should buy a new amp, but it's a keepsake for me. And I was ready to put the money in it to fix it because it reminds me of my dad. He bought it for me, so I wanted to keep it. And I'm over there. And I'm with a guy that is a blues player. And I look at where he's living. And I look how he's looking. And uh, no personal put down. I, I like the guy. I like visiting with him. But he's a blues player. Blues band and all this stuff. And he got to telling me, I said, and he's a white boy. You're not, not supposed to be into these kind of blues. And I was saying, uh, where, where, where did you learn it? He said, you got to feel it, man. You got to feel it. And I said, you know what? I'm into good news and you got to feel it. Amen. Yeah. I'm not talking about my baby ran off. I'm talking about my God showed up. Yeah. I'm not talking about the, my woman run off with that garbage man. I don't miss that woman, but who's going to empty the can? I, I, I'm not into that. Huh? I said, man, I remember when B.B. was all I had to play. And little Willie John, he knew all these artists I grew up with. When I got saved, I gave all my records away to Jim Schneider. That's why he's always struggling in the Christian life. <laughs> I wish I could get him back. Little Willie John and blues harmonica. I said, go, let's play some. And he started playing slide. I said, yes. But the only thing is, I got over the blues. I met a God that's good for Blue Monday, but he'll give you something to be up about. And he said, man, I learned the blues by the way I've lived. And I think, I said, I just want to tell you, I've got good news for you. And I don't need a slide guitar. I just got it in this Bible on the old rugged cross. Gave him my card, told him to come to church. Said, if you warn me, I'll take you to lunch. Said, you don't have to do that. I said, oh, I'll do anything to tell you good news. My agenda in life is to tell you good news. And then this young chick comes walking through. Some girl living with us said, where are you from, honey? Uh, I'm from back east, and you're just going, where are you going in life? Well, I got a bachelor's, I'm just here. I had the feeling she's just living with him to make rent. I said, I raise girls. I said, you're a beautiful young lady. You need good news. There's another trip you can only make when you find out about the good news. The ticket's been purchased. But I see Christians. We are so timid, cowardly, and wise that we are mute when we're around the enemy. Don't want to stumble them. 
They don't think a thing about selling you women, drugs, or anything else. And the churches over here don't offend. The preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. Everything I'm standing for in my life, only idiots do according to the enemy's camp. But we preach Christ crucified. And to the Greeks, he is a stumbling block. Or rather, to the Jews and to the Greeks, he is foolishness. But to those who believe, he is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. Don't be quiet in an enemy camp. But David went quiet. And uh, you know what he starts to do? When he's down there, scholars say he did not write one song when he was in the land of the Philistines. Here's this poet songwriter of Israel. But when you're behind enemy lines, you don't write praise songs. You're too busy suppressing what you know. He lost his song. No songs for 16 months. I mean, he talks about Goliath in the Psalms, and he talks about Adullam, and he talks about Ziglag, but he never writes a song about these 16 months, for he has lost his song for the privilege of running with the enemy. You'll lose a song if you run with them intentionally. Uh, then you read in chapter 29, we won't go there, they get ready to go to war against Israel, and David tells Agis, I'll be your bodyguard. I will fight against my own country, my own people. And God sovereignly moves on the uh, Philistine rulers. And they said, no, we will not have David fight with us. We're afraid he'll turn. We don't trust him. And God providentially delivered him from doing something that can you imagine on his inauguration day, Israelites coming up and saying, you killed my boy at that battle and you were fighting for the Philistines. The anointed king of Israel turned on his own people, but God in grace and mercy prevented him from doing something he would have lived to regret all of his life. When you're running with the enemy, you can find yourself willing to do things you never dreamed of. The people he was called to lead, he was ready to kill. I get that. I, I know people, it's an inside sport to always knock what's wrong with God's people. It justifies running with the enemy. Well, you know, Christians, there's, there's so many hypocrites in the church. Oh, yes, it's a good place for them to be. They might get saved. There's hypocrites in everything. The last time I checked, there's hypocrites in government, hypocrites in your company, hypocrites in your job. We just hope they hang out here because Jesus can give you the real thing and hypocrisy will wear you out. Why not just get the real thing? I no longer act like a Christian. I am a Christian. <laughs> I said, I don't act like a Christian. I am a Christian. I'm not acting. It's what I've become. It's what I am. It's what you ought to be. It's what you are. But the enemy will say, come on over here. We'll protect you. You won't be persecuted if you run with a happy hour crowd. You look a little strange going home and keeping your marriage vows. But over here, you'll need a blues song because you won't have a song of Zion. Because he said in the Psalms, how can I sing the Lord's song in a strange land? When you run with the enemy, you lose the song. Well, you know what happened? He lost his family. While he's running with the king, uh, he, uh, they do a raid on Ziglag, the Amalekites. 
because he's over here getting ready to fight against Israel, totally out of the will of God, and he's running with Agis, and so they're getting ready to make this assault, and back here at Ziglag, Mama and the children and all the family, they're raided by the Amalekites, and when they show up in chapter 30, my family's been raided, I've lost my children, my wife, and only with the help of God will he get them back. When you hang out in the enemy camp too long, you can lose your family. While you decide to run over here for whatever reasons, because you've got discouraged with God, with God's people, you've learned that I can't trust God, I don't like the plan, I forgot all the promises, I'm gonna go where I feel safe and accepted. That's what I hear all the time when people leave God. And then they begin to tell me everything that's wrong with God and his people. And it is quite a thing. David flees one enemy and runs right into the arms of another. But he's discouraged with the people of God, with the plan of God. And so he chooses to go behind enemy lines. I've seen people in this church uh, hold on for a long time. I had a man that uh, raised his kids in this church where they became teenagers. They went into rebellion, and at that time, he left the church, has never come back, uh, maybe Easter or Christmas, and he told me, basically, he said, when God didn't save my kids, I couldn't serve him. Woman over here, been waiting, trusting God for a husband for five, six years, doing great, being pure, and all of a sudden, I got tired of waiting. I got one the only way I knew how. I'd sleep with him, I'd date him anyway, an unsafe man wanted to date, but I couldn't hold on to Christian values and get a godly man. So I just took anything that I can get. Young people get tired of being looked down on for being pure. Being a virgin is really a, a mockery. That's, don't, don't want anyone to know that about a boy or girl. That would, uh, the campus would never forgive them. And they would, they would live a dog's life if that was ever known about a Christian. So after a while, you get wore out. You're not on the in crowd. You're not invited out. You're not there. You're not here. Pretty soon, a young person says, I want to go, I want to go to the enemy's camp. I didn't mind getting saved when I was going to the eighth grade, but when I went to school and trying to do everything Bible way, I found myself on the out. I just backslid. I threw in the towel. I want to go to the dances. I want to date the girls. I'm going to go right back to the way I used to be, though now I'm a believer and I'm miserable in the enemy's camp because I got to deny what I did on that Tuesday night. I got to deny that I really believe Christ is the Son of God. I've got to deny my roots. I've got to not talk the Bible. The guys I chose to run with didn't want to hear about Jesus. They're talking about girls, drugs, and fun, and whatever. But it was, gave me some immediate relief. I got popular again, because I could run with the bad guys. I just had to give up God. You're missed if you've gone over to enemy territory. If you resigned your class because you said, I'm tired of teaching, I'm tired of living for God, I'm discouraged, I can't trust God, he's not coming through, and you've already gone to a far country in your heart, we miss you. All the agony of a pastor for 30 years to see parents pour their lives into young people in this church, and they're no longer on God's side, they're in the enemy's camp and how both parents and church leaders weep. Oh, you're missed. We remember you when you were little children. Got a woman in this church, her boys, I used to race them on Sunday nights. Sean and Bruce. Their dad was not a believer, and I was young in those days. 
I said, after I preach, I'll meet you on the side of the building. We'll have a foot race. I figured if I could win them at eight, they could stand me when they were 18. Oh, they've been gone a long time. They're running with a crowd you wouldn't believe. They can't even bring up what we do anymore. But their mother tells me they still remember the foot races. They still remember when they were loved and when it was safe. I would say to you, if you're discouraged, if you're thinking about joining the enemy, because, you know, they could treat you better than God and his people. We're just brutal when you get discouraged. Why don't you come to the side of him who was pierced for you? Uh, why don't you come back uh, where God will use you to be a king, to be whatever his will is planned? You'll never achieve the will of God in the enemy camp. You've got to get back. I like to say there's still a chair in the Father's house for you. There's still a place at the table. There's still a ministry for you. There is enough forgiveness and restoration. You can start all over no longer. If it's been 16 months, 16 years, or 16 days, you can come back. You've been missed. And the lantern's in the window. And God's ready to write your name back where no tears could ever erase it. You don't want to die in a distant land. I write here, give us the joy of the forgiven prodigal without ever having to leave home. I don't want to have to leave home and get in trouble to have the sense of being a father's child and being forgiven in God. You're missed. Our father. Most of us have made excursions into enemy territory and lost our song, lost our identity, lost our influence. We were been neutralized and became uh, servants of the enemy who has no love for the Savior, no love for his word, and certainly no love for God's people. I ask if there's anyone here today that uh, is away from you in their heart, let them come home today. Let them come home in their heart. Let them repent. Let them acknowledge discouragement and defeat and uh, this spiritual dementia that makes us act mad at times with insanity that we would sin against the God who has done so much for us. And oftentimes we're fleeing a brother or sister that may have hurt us, a brother or sister who has disappointed us but let us not flee to the enemy camp. Speak to the heart. Let your people begin to reflect on your love, your faithfulness to them as we come to communion and to reflect and remember him who was crucified for us. Give them renewal. Let them not resign, but let them resign in this army. Studying God's Word that we might grow in grace, that we might be encouraged in our walk and relationship with Him. You're listening to Truth For Today and Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us this morning. It's our prayer that our time together has done just that, encouraged you in your relationship with Christ, bolstered you up for the day. 
If you would like to review today's broadcast, copies are available when you contact us. We also have the series today's message was taken from. Other resource materials available as well. The recent books authored by our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. They can all be found at our website, valleybible.org. A lot of resource materials available there. Other CDs and series as taught by Pastor Phil Howard recently here at Valley Bible Church. Again, they're all found at our store online, valleybible.org. If you wish to speak with someone directly, call during business hours, Monday through Friday, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or write to us, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you'd like to know where we meet for worship, service times, directions, location, it can all be found at our website, valleybible.org, and we would love to see you. Please consider this a formal invitation to join us for worship if you're not involved in a church near you. Again, directions can be found at valleybible.org or by calling 855 855- 833-9864. And again, we mention it from time to time, it bears repeating, as TFT sustainers, financial partners with the radio broadcast, you ensure the continuation of this broadcast here on KFAX. Would you prayerfully consider how you might partner with us financially? And then call us. Let us know that you're interested in becoming a TFT sustainer. We'll pass along our quarterly newsletter to you, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil. The weekly video devotional will be available as well. Again, valleybible.org for more information or call 855-833-9864. No gift is too large or too small. We'd love to hear from you. Call us today and then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 